This is a crowd podcast. Hello, I'm Geraint Thomas. And I'm Tom Fordyce. And you've just entered the Geraint Thomas Cycling Club. Brought to you by Zwift, the indoor cycling app. Jump on your smart trainer and jump into Zwift. Kreuzer, or welcome. Well, gee, we are approximately a week late to this particular party, but um, I've seen footage of you flipping some pancakes last week. Can you talk me through the pro cycling pancake toppings of choice, please? Oof. Um, to be honest, I was pretty healthy. I was a bit of yogurt, a bit of Greek yogurt, a bit of honey, a bit of fruit, berries. Yeah, so I was in Cardiff and um, we had limited supplies, obviously, because we'd been away for, oh, like seven odd weeks, eight weeks. Um but yeah, I'd, I'd normally go for that sort of um, topping anyway, I think, Tom, because we don't have Nutella, stuff like that in the house, you know, healthy household here. But yeah, I'm definitely more of a honey or a, um, what's the other thing? Syrup. Syrup or honey for me, I think. But pancakes is quite a, a normal thing these days, you know, especially after being in LA. Like, they love a pancake there, don't they? Big. F- yes. are, you a fat, are you a fat or more of a crepe? Do you know what? This was exactly the point I was going to make. I don't know if you've ever seen Talladega Nights with uh will ferrell there's a point where he is being um he's in a half nelson held by um sasha baron cohen who's playing a french formula one driver and they have this debate about crepes versus pancakes so this exact topic has been in my mind i think ordinarily americans tend to make nice food too fat don't they think about your pizza your classic pizza thin base thin crust go to america push like a mattress disaster but in the case of the pancake i'll be honest i, I prefer the the fatter american version yeah i think i'm with you there although yeah it depends where you are isn't it it's like an aperol spritz you wouldn't sit in a pub in february <laughs> watching a six nations drinking aperol spritz <laughs> well you but, could try but you'd get a big reaction <laughs> but if you sat on the french riviera in june in the sun oh, there's nothing better than sipping on aperol spritz so i think it's similar with pancakes really like if you're in America, a stack of like three, four massive pancakes, <laughs> syrup everywhere, like great. But if you're like wandering the streets, you know, cobbled little narrow streets of Ez, oh, a little crap of a bit of sugar dusting is lovely, isn't it? So, you know, I like it all, Tom. <laughs> I made my worst ever drunk food purchase slash decision about a crepe. It would have been a new year in Paris, probably in the late 1990s with my mate Champagne Nick so you can imagine what sort of night it had been and uh, for some reason that still makes no sense to me I turned down the option of frites and other things and I went for a crepe from a street cart and I went for marron on the basis that marron is chestnuts and in my head it was going to be like big chestnuts it was a thin pancake which offered no sort of sustenance to a drunk man and the chestnut was like a weird smear of engine oil still makes me feel sick yeah that's uh, although I would prefer a a spread of a chestnut rather than just whole chestnuts in a pancake. That'd be a bit weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> it was a bad. You must have been properly drunk. Yeah. <laughs> it's always quiet with champagne, Nick. Um, it is also, G. it is also St. David's Day tomorrow, which is uh, often celebrated with another very delicious treat, which is the Welsh cake. Now, GTCC member Laurie Bowers has asked on our GTCC Facebook group, could Welsh cakes be made with protein powder or other supplements baked in? And what your thoughts are on this, G? I mean, possibly we should be asking uh, our GTCC club baker, Ruth Rod, but your thoughts first? Oh, 
I'm, I'm up for innovation, but at the same time, I like my old school classics and I don't like to mess with a Welsh cake, to be honest. Um, you know, you get some with chocolate in, white chocolate, you know, and cranberry or all this other stuff, which is nice. But you can't just beat a, one of your nans, well, no longer with us, God rest her soul. But, uh, you know, like an old, old school, proper traditional pancake. Um, just can't beat that. Pancake. I mean, Welsh cake. Too many cakes going on now, Tom. <laughs> I think with this supplement idea, the protein powder, sometimes you can think that mixing two things you like together makes it doubly as good, but actually it makes it worse. And you can just enjoy the two things separately. Why not enjoy a Welsh cake? And if it's got a little bit dry because maybe it's been cooked badly, wash it down with your protein shake. Yeah, exactly. Or like cakes that try to be healthy and use avocado something oh, or other have you had like, the ones with that sugar in um i've i kind of just not even i have a little bite i'm just like nah mate if you're gonna have a cake have a cake cam worth as well he had a um oh what was it like no flour cake or no gluten or it's like oh yeah it's healthy i was like mate still got a ton of sugar in that it's not healthy because it doesn't have flour in what's wrong with flour the world's gone mad absolutely bonkers you might find this uh, as Max starts going to more and more birthday parties, but there will always be one parent who decides to make a healthy birthday cake for their child and their friends by putting no sugar in it and no icing. And it's one <laughs> of the worst ideas I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. We're at that stage now where parents are quite um, thinking about what their kids eat. And uh, yeah, I've come across that a few times, Tom. It's no good. But anyway, if you are attempting to make Welsh cakes, don't forget to send any pictures on our Facebook group. And if you need any help with a recipe, if you're doing it for the first time, we'll be posting out some recipes too. Should we get a guest on? Yeah, let's do it. We all love coffee, don't we, G? Never do this pod without one, Tom. Or a ride, actually. Yeah, there is nothing better than a quick coffee for a cold winter ride or before hopping on Zwift. So I know we'll both be delighted with the next sponsor of this podcast, Origin Coffee. Also, there is a cheeky discount code we've got for all our listeners. Origin Coffee are one of the leading brands on the coffee scene and they get just how much cyclists love coffee. And get this, Tom. Origin's director of coffee, Freda, is a three times UK cup tasting champion. Not once, Garrett, not twice, but three times. That is pretty impressive. Would you like another great fact? All online orders are roasted and shipped the very same day. Super speedy, just how we like it on this podcast. They also have a rewards program, so customers like you and me can earn points and get cash back every time we shop online. So why not try one of their delicious espresso blends or an interesting single origin coffee? There are so many profiles to try. And all the coffee comes in home compostable bags. So if you want to order some Origin Coffee and get a massive 30% off, just go to origincoffee.co.uk and use the code GTCC30 at checkout. That's the code GTCC30 at checkout. Go and get yours today. Enjoy! Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Right, Tom, so we've had loads of requests from our GTCC members to do an episode on this subject. So today I've dragged along my INEOS mechanic, Richard Lambert. Tom, it's the first time I've shared a bed and a set of headphones with the mechanic. How's it feeling? Uh, different. <laughs> Not used to being this close to him, other than a, a bike change or something. But because me and we started racing together, didn't we? I think so, yeah. I raced a few times well, when we were 14 or something. Yeah, even up to juniors, no? You're a year older than me, aren't you? So I think you were always just on that age category above me. Really? You're 87? I thought you were 87. I'm 87. Ah. Yeah. So like we always did a bit of racing together, but you were always just moving up as I was moving up as yeah, well. Yeah, so you were more Swifty and Stannard. I raced with Swifty and Stannard, yeah. When did you join the team? Been uh, here a while now, no? Yeah, a long time. Uh, end of 2010. Yeah. So and did missed- you leave? And I then left come back. End of 2014 and then came back. End of 2018, came back. So, what was that? Oh, you came back because I won the tour. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, I missed you. Got to be a part of that. That's what yeah. it was. But we haven't done much <laughs> racing together, have we, really? No. So, I do mainly the classics. I've done Tour de Swiss and that a fair mm. few times and just different programs. I do the wet, horrible races. You do the nice, sunny ones. Yeah, pretty much. Got to chase the sun, haven't you, Tom? So, Richard gets to do the ones where the bikes need the most work. Where they're dirtiest and the and the chain is mangled. Yeah, there's crash fest everywhere. Yeah, they're the ones I like. What would you say? Do you get out of the car more than you don't get out? Like percentage wise, would you get out of the car fifty percent of the year? No. Yeah, we don't get many punches. Actually, well, there's sometimes you go through phases of like. Yeah, it's like what is it? Rule of three or whatever. You don't have any for a week, and then you have five in a in ten seconds or something. It feels like you know nothing's happened, and then it's all gone off in 20k for me though if i was you i'd like to get out the car stretch your legs a bit bit of action you know don't you think like oh you don't want the boys to crash but you're just like oh come on drop a chain or have a little puncher now (laughs) yeah but then it looks bad on me but okay but puncture puncture yeah if it's not my fault or or nothing to do with me then yeah there's a bit of adrenaline gets my heart rate going and get back in the car and like realize how unfit i am (laughs) what about the new uh what are they called? Bzzzt. It's no no it's longer quick release, is it? No, they through axle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Disc brakes. That's what they're called. <laughs> Those things. Yeah. That's the technical term, G, is it? Bzzzt. I thought it was meaning the impact gun to take the wheels out. Yeah, but you use that in the race, no? No, I don't use it. What, you twist it? Yeah. Wow, old school year, Tom. Yeah, you've got hands of steel. Yeah, because it's like you get out of the car for a crash and you've got two pairs of wheels, like an impact gun, and then all the rest of the gear going on, like running like a crazy person, like trying to not get run over by other riders in a car. It's like, it's too much in my hands. So True. I'd rather have just the key. And like every time I've used the impact gun so far, I feel like I'm buggering it up because I'm trying to be too fast. Whereas use the key, put it in, turn it, do the job, away you go. It's like, maybe I'm two seconds slower changing the wheel, but I know it's in and everything's good and you're away. May I? I want you to be quicker. All right, cool. It just needs uh, to be uh, F1 style. <laughs> the gun's coming out then. Yeah, yeah. Get the gun out for me. All right. No one else, but... Deal. Yeah, all right. Do you ever practice those changes, Richard? Because it it is the, the, the road racing equivalent of a Formula One pit stop. And the Formula One pit stop crews are drilled to within an inch of their life. But there's always something... Is amusing the right word? There's always... Yeah, it is. There's always something quite funny about watching a mechanic on a panic throwing open the door of a car, tripping over their feet, 
grabbing the wheels. Oh my God, it's the wrong wheel. I can't get the bike off the roof. It's one of the most comical parts of road racing. We've practiced it a little bit at like training camps and stuff, but it's not the same. It's like, it's always a joke at training camps. Whereas like in a race, you always, you throw the door open and you fall down a ditch or like stand straight in a puddle and snap <laughs> your ankle or like, you know, like you get your ankle run over by the team car, which is always nice. Yeah. Cause you're sat the opposite side to the driver, aren't you? So you get out on the pavement rather than the middle of the road. Yeah. You always get out on the pavement side. So like here in Australia, we're driving on the left. So I'm sat on the left in Europe, the opposite, you sat on the right. So you don't think, because the riders are supposed to go down the road side of the car, never down the pavement side. So if I fling the door open, I'm not going to take out a rider. So we sat on there. But then in like Belgium, you're always next to a ditch. You're always, it's never ideal. Like number of times like you try to open the door and there's a lamppost that you smashed the door on or something like that. <laughs> or, or like the riders, you know, you never stop where you want you to stop it. It's like always yeah. like the blind bend. Like it's not ideal sometimes, but. What about fans? Do they ever get involved? Sometimes they're handy actually. Like yeah. I, at the classics, I once got out of the car and the uh, wheel stayed with me and the cassette went the other way and the fan handed me back. That was nice one. <laughs> what about the push? About the push? Yeah. The restart push. That always seems pretty panicked as well. Yeah. The hand in the I back. I always wait for. It's like a bobsleigh start, isn't it? I always wait for the clunk click of like you're getting your shoes in and away you go. But I do remember pushing you at Tour of Britain. It'd be 2011 after you'd oh, had, the shunt, crash. you had the shunt in the sprint with Bibby and all that. Yeah. And then like, I changed the wheel for you, I think, two days later. I like, started pushing you, like, not on my, not on my ass. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, crap. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I had the same thing when I did my pelvis in the tour in 13, and I was carried riding and then yeah i had a puncher i don't know when it was mechanics that was pushing me right on i was like ah no 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 and it's like oh yeah got on the saddle and push yeah. it so now it's but, like yeah, if you've crashed it's always on the saddle also like when you're out the leaning out the back of the car doing the sticky spanner magic spanner whatever you want to call it it's always on the saddle never on the rider so like just little things so there tom talking about say say you've had a crash you're coming back you're getting a bottle you know, you're allowed to get a bottle or whatever, aren't you? And then, oh, yeah, my, I think my it's a bit harder now with rim brakes. I keep forgetting what they're called. Disc brakes, yeah. Disc brakes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, but it's harder now with disc brakes because with rim brakes, you're always like, oh, yeah, my back. You know, the... The, the caliper. Calipers. <laughs> <laughs> you're definitely a professional rider, G. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, it's stressful doing a podcast, Tom. You know, I'm, I'm new to all this. I can't think of the words. But, uh... No, so before you could like, oh yeah, the caliper's moved a bit, it's touching the wheel, can you straighten it up? So they sort of hang out the car, you get a bit of an extra little thing, push. But what about um, uh, mountain time trials, when there's like a bike change planned? Is that yeah. stressful? Oh, nice. Yeah, that, no, that is, yeah, that's stressful. And depend if, if it's off the car as well, it's like trying not to mess it up, trying to get the bike off as fast as you can, and then get a good shove and yeah it's With, like Tour de Swiss last year was yeah. it Swiss or Romandy Swiss weren't it Romandy with the mount when we had a change when we had the bike change yeah yeah it's like you know you're sweating in the back going like do not mess this up <laughs> like you know you're going to get out of the car and you're going to feel like a complete idiot like like there's going to be something wrong like you know maybe it door smacks you in the chest as you get out or I don't, 
there's always something you feel you can do better but yeah do you ever most of the time with that though it's hard to have a trial run with a rider that's gone off early isn't it because mountain tt's generally hard to get back to the start in time to yeah get in the car again so it's only one yeah, one we, hit isn't it we tried it in the recon didn't we but it's yeah it's not the same it's like we tried it and it's like five mile an hour car stops mm. like normally because you're on a, a closed road but there's other riders around you it's just it doesn't feel the same i don't feel the pressure and then you get into the race and you're like all right we're going to do it now it's going to be in 500 meters like uh and then, <laughs> mate i think we need to do a few uh meant like uh steve peters sessions oh with me then we could just focus oh. you a bit like just you, you don't have to worry about it mate My nervous you know what, you know what you're doing yeah. just focus on the process so it just it just become automatic after a while autopilot it does it is autopilot yeah but he's still nervous yeah yeah once you get going boom you're all right the chimps in your head richard and it's going i'm going to drop my spanner uh i can't get the bike off the roof of the car um i'm going to push the rider on his injury and i'm going to fall into a ditch and i'm going to give him the wrong bike (laughs) (laughs) gee you've had the wrong bike a few times haven't you no did you get swifty's bike once have you been given wrong bike i don't have ever been given We've swapped bikes like in on the road. I gave Froomey my bike once and then so this was in the tour that he won it and Froomey has those weird shaped Osymmetric. Osymmetric yeah. chain rings. So they're not circle, they're like an oval, aren't they, pretty much? Yeah. A rugby ball rather than a football. And uh he crashed on a descent and we still had the little valley road and then climbed to the finish. So I stopped, gave him my bike, which had normal rings on. I had his. But then um, the car just drove straight past me because we were that quick. <laughs> we were autopilot. We weren't, we weren't stressing. And uh, the car just carried on and I was on the radio. Nico, I need a bike. Like I'm stuck here with ropey ball chain rings and a, you know, screwed up bike. And then the mechanic had to come running back up with my bike and stuff. So that's the closest I've come to, well, being bikeless. But yeah, um, yeah it's... It's got to be like the classics got to be the most stressful races for you though. Like for mechanic, like for stuff happening for st- out of the blue. Yeah. Action packed. There's, there's, there's never a race where there's no crashes mm. or punches or anything like that. It's always the stuff going on. So for me, I like it, but it, I think a boring day is a good day for a mechanic in terms of nothing's happened. So happy as Larry done my job. Everything's gone well. You know, it's all over to you, mm. but classics like adrenaline's kicking in there's crashes here there's crashes there cars driving like absolute nutcases you're always giving bottles and doing random stuff running and getting covered in mud and that is actually fun for the moment like a bit of adrenaline that i i don't get anymore i don't race bikes so mm. i don't i don't get a buzz from doing that sort of stuff so it's like i do enjoy it and then you get to the end and you're like got a lot of work to do tonight <laughs> yeah have you ever been halfway through munching on your lunch like a sandwich nice you know you got a nice i don't know ham cheese and pickle sarnie or something mm. halfway through that and then it's like ah blah, 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 blah. yeah it, that so, must be annoying it always happens like that you're not allowed to have yeah. your sandwich until the break's gone can't be past one before one really are these are these the, team car rules are they unwritten team car rules but yeah, yeah. like the break has to go before the sandwich is eaten <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, guaranteed, you like get just handing out the drinks, getting your sarnies in, and uh, like, guaranteed radio goes berserk. Or, like, can I have an ice sock? Like, 
No, I'm busy. <laughs> That's the thing. That's got to be annoying. Like on a wet day, so it's dry oh. to start with, Tom. Then it starts raining. I want my neoprene gloves. Neoprene gloves for G. Something else for yeah. so-and-so. I want this jacket. I want a gilet. I want a gabber. I want this, that, the other. That must, and the mechanic's obviously the only one in the back. And all the spares are in the boot. So he's going, rifling through it all. We've got certain sections where we're supposed to have those things. Nine times out of ten, yeah. they're probably not in there. No, they're never in there. They're never in, like, your, whatever's in your jersey sleeve. It's, it never is. It's like, it's yeah. always in, like, your gloves are in the hand and feet pocket, supposed to be. But they never are. They're always in, like, the gilet one. Like, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, I've got so-and-so in there. You don't. Like, you're <laughs> one of the worst for it. You never yeah. pack your bag, do you? No, I do it in January and then get it in October, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you always use you always find it. Yeah, I find it. Someday. It's like a little game, isn't it? Oh, it's a great game. Then I'm getting cold. Come on, Richard. <laughs> it's funny when like there's an order of twenty different jackets, and it's like I have never seen this jacket before. It's like first race of 2023 in that's February, hard. And it's like um, all the different names yeah. of the jackets as well. Getting used to that, and like, and as a rider, you 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 kind of forget. You don't really appreciate what it's like. Like. We have said in the past, haven't we, that every rider should do a day. That's a great as a shout. Mechanic, That's a great shout. As a Swanee, as a DS, because in the cars behind, like it's a whole. That's a race in itself, isn't it? Yeah, I think riders like when they like if they DNF and they end up in the team car, and then it's like on a hectic day, like in the classic, somebody's in the team car, and they're like, "Oh, so this is why you don't arrive at us when as soon as I stick my hand up, you're not there." It's like, uh, yeah, because. <laughs> we're actually racing to try and keep up with you guys. It's like, it's not, sometimes it's easy and other times it's like, it's absolutely mental. It's, it's good fun when it's mental. Mm. You've got to trust the driver. Like, well, I'm not, I'm in the back, not wearing a seatbelt. Everyone else is belted up. And you're like, all right, we've got to trust that you're not going to hit the back of the car in front or like slide it off the road into a ditch. Yeah. So if you think like when it starts raining, generally what, 22, 23 teams? Oh, 20 to 23 maybe. That's, that's a lot of team cars that have had orders within the last minute and they all want it now. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but it's absolute carnage. It's a massive fight, yeah. It's, it's good fun, but it's a fight trying to get to right behind. It strikes me that it's not a job for someone who suffers from car sickness, Richard. Oh, no. Like, if you get car sick, don't do it. Mountains races. Why does a brake always go on a mountains race? Right at the top of the climb and then the numbers come through so you get the numbers from the uh from radio tour like who's in the breakaway and then you have to work out where they are on gc we always get the numbers as we're going down a massive mountain descent like chasing the riders doing like warp speed that's another of your jobs as well no yeah writing the numbers down working out where they are on gc if the why they're in the break if they're on mountains classification points what work trying to tell the ds who's driving the car like what why they're going for the break like giving them the information so it's more than just like yeah changing a wheel tom that's nuts skillful job hmm. this idea of, of riders having a go at being mechanics i think it's one of these things that a rider would talk up talk a good game about it but the reality richard they're not going to do your hours they're not going to be up when you're up they're not going to be going to bed when you're going to bed i think they're <laughs> up longer than us they've got more energy than us always... oh i'm not so sure ah you're always up and about. I'm not sure I trust his mechanic in skills, but... No, not when he doesn't know the name of a disc brake. You don't know how, <laughs> how to use a sponge. 
<laughs> but tour Denmark, I because uh, we have zone hoppers, which basically we had an off-road stage or gravel. It was off-road basically, and um, we had random like Danish people doing it for us. The Carsten, who's a member of the team staff, he knew loads of people that could do it for us. So we had every sector. There was maybe six or seven. We had people at the start and the end. And if you had a problem, he's like, right, just get to the end. There'll be spare wheels, but you change it yourself. Don't trust these guys to do it, mm. who um, we didn't really know. And then, yeah, he had the little tool. I didn't have the gun, unfortunately. But, God, it changed pretty darn quick, to be honest. A lot quicker than that blinking. Uh, remember the guy at the Commonwealth Games 2014 oh, when I won, Tom? Very much so. From the, from the neutral um, bike, wasn't he? Yeah, neutral service. You'd think they'd be pretty handy at it, wouldn't you? Yeah, I've got a bit of sympathy for them, though. Really? Why? All the bikes aren't all the same. Like, our bikes, the quick release is like six mil Allen key, goes out from the left-hand side of the bike, both front and rear, both the same way, dead easy. Like, look at the Fonsese de Jour bikes next to us in the pits. The front one goes out to the right, and the rear one goes out to the left. Mm. This was quick release, though. This oh. was before discs. I don't remember them days. Yeah, the Muppet couldn't even like... Gee, let's let's remind people the scenario if people um, weren't watching you in 2014 at the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. Let's just um, remind them the scenario because it was a very, very wet day and um, a particularly brutal race, but you got away on some of the many hills around that circuit of Glasgow and the gold medal was almost within your sights when you got a puncher. Yeah, so as you say, a long old day in the rain. It come to, I don't know, it must have been 30 or K attack there was four of us or three of us away went again i don't know 10k to go um 6k to go pretty much well i've got this now just get to the line and um front wheel puncher so i was like oh jeepers um stop left side of the road all good neutral service behind me because it was a decent enough gap for them not enough for my car at the moment it normally has to be a minute is it it's a minute to let the car in and then like 30 seconds neutral service will be there yeah so i knew i had i didn't know what the gap was we didn't have radios um so i knew it must have been decent because neutral service was there luckily but yeah it took him what felt like an age to get the wheel out and get the new wheel in um obviously the, the forks are slightly different yeah. thicknesses and stuff bikes and yeah so yeah bless his cotton socks it was he was under a bit of pressure um, I didn't give him any jip though, because I knew he was must have been stressing. Like if I was stood there going, "Come on, you idiot!" Blah blah blah, that might have made it a bit worse. Yeah. But in the end, it was all good. He got it changed, got going again. The two guys behind Dan caught me, so um, yeah, it's all right in the end. Did you ever see him again? No. You no. Pro- you probably have. You just don't know you have. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But he's never introduced himself. No. Although you wouldn't really want him, would it? I was the guy that you won. nearly lost you the race. I saved your race, Gene. Did he nearly lost you the race or did he save you it? You won. Yeah, he saved me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He could have done yeah, it. Let's really have a bit of positivity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He saved me. He saved me the race. The goal, you say it was a bad change, but he actually got a wheel in the bike and you're off. These mechanics are stick, stick together, aren't they? they got a bit of a... I've been on the other end of it. <laughs> Do you rate each other, though? If you'd been watching that, you'd been like, oh, that guy. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, it's like... That was a terrible change. Yeah. But then I've done terrible changes as well. I'm like, oh no, I'm out of here. What's um, the worst moment then you've had as a mechanic? Well, Wiggins chucking the bike against the wall. That's was that you? You were there. Oh, the famous one. That was me. Oh. Yeah. yeah. At least it went lent up against the wall. Yeah, I couldn't Nothing find it. Nothing was broke. 
<laughs> turned around and bike was like weirdly disappeared. That's the other thing. You know, you run and you push guys. Yep. I get why you carry everything with you because you don't want to run back to get it. But you'd have so much more leverage and like yeah. you had two hands. Yeah, as long as you... Would you have more leverage? I don't know. I don't know. You'd just have a bit more about you, wouldn't you? Than I feel like carrying two wheels. Yeah. But then the car's following you up the road. So if you take forever to clip in, so like I don't give you the final shove until you're clipped in and hit that pedal stroke and you're basically pulling away from us on your own steam mm. the car will be like 100 meters behind us or something because i'm like yeah, saying bolt can't yeah <laughs> but can't the passenger as well there's normally a doctor or yeah, another ds yeah if we're doing a bike change normally now the doctor actually gets out and gives you a shove while i chuck the bike on the roof oh and then we're away but then, yeah, i'm not too keen on that trying just trying to think what doctor i'd rather push me off Are they strong enough doctors <sighs> okay i've got to say yeah 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 you have to say yeah. The way the way the way Rich is looking at me, then I'm like, yeah, yeah, they're definitely strong. Enough. <laughs> yeah, Derek, so, so, Derek would be quick and strong. I just oh, can't. mate, he's super. He goes running. He's more fit than me. Is oh hundred percent. Like he goes running every morning. All right then, I'll have a push off Derek. You don't want mechanics pushing you. We're so unfit. Yeah, <laughs> Derek's the man. There's a, a sensation, Richard, that um, will be familiar to anyone who has run for a train and made it just as the doors are shutting. And it's initially a feeling of ecstasy that you've made the train and then very quickly you realise that you are pouring with sweat, that you're red in the face and you're panting. And you sit down and the sweat pours down your back and it's deeply unpleasant. I often wonder if it's like that for a mechanic when you get out of the car and you fix someone's bike and you give them a shove and you get back in the car, you're like, yeah, I've done it. And then you realise the sweat is pouring down your face and you can't breathe properly. That's pretty much every time, yeah. If you run to a crash or push them off or you get back in the car, your heart's pounding. You're like, give me a minute. Like... <laughs> And then the worst feeling is when they've got back off the bike 100 metres later and it's like, what's wrong? Like, oh, nothing. Just stop for a wee after. Like, oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> uh, who's the most demanding then? Oh. Like, who who tinkers, like, with their bike a lot? Froomey was a big tinkerer, wasn't Froomey was a big tinkerer. Um, Kiri was a massive tinkerer. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't want to anger him either, would you? Oh no, yeah. Vasil Kirienka, bit of a legend, Tom, but he was a Belarusian guy. He was a nice chap, but he just had, I don't want to sound stereotypical now, but that typical sort of Eastern European stern, like you always think he's kind of angry. Yeah. Although a lot of the time he was quite angry, wasn't he? <laughs> and then he was happy. He was, yeah. he was laughing and joking a lot of the time. He was. But it was like, or he like wanted say, to kill someone. Yeah, you, don't want, you didn't know which one you were getting either. Yeah, yeah. Depends if you adjusted his bike properly or not. Yeah. But he was like, saddle up a centimetre, down a centimetre, left a centimetre, just random stuff. And then you'd measure it at the start of the week. He'd do all his tinkering. And then by the end of the week, you'd measure it again. It's like, it's exactly the same, mate. You've, <laughs> you've done full circle. Like, how have you managed this? <laughs> right. Stannard? Stannard broke a lot of stuff, no? Break stuff, yeah. But he's a beast, isn't he? Look at the size of him. Yeah. It's like a horse. <laughs> like, you don't touch anything. No. Nah. Like, your bike's the same from, like, 2012 <laughs> pretty sure it is like yeah. you, you don't ju- touch anything yeah the thing is with me like i notice some things but i'm like ah be and then after 10 minutes you just kind of get used to it then but like some guys like say swifty he'd be the first to admit he's not the most i don't know if robust is the word but like if it is out he'll notice it and it will affect him like he'd be seeing the physio for the next two weeks yeah he, he, well, he sees it. the physio a lot anyway doesn't he but 
he's like a millimetre perfect man him. Mm. Right. Which is good. Uh, but like like coming here off the flight, he gave me the measurements for his saddle. He knows them off by heart, he's that sort of person. He tells me to check his bike, check it, yeah, it's on their measurements. It's like, don't feel right. But if it's on it on the measurements, he trusts me. Then two days later he's like loosened off a bit after being twenty four hours or on a was plane, it forty eight yeah. hours where we'd travel mm. but you weren't with us on them flights. Um but like a long time in travel, loosens off, gets some stretching done and then a day later or two days later he's like, feels bang on now, whatever you did worked, he's like, I've not touched it. <laughs> it's like it is what it is and it's like it's good. Oh, you should embrace that though, be like, Yeah, no worries, mate, stick with me. I got your back. Yeah, I just I just did something this. special that no one else could have done. Yeah. Got a magic spanner out. It's the wrong size, but it worked. We were chatting at dinner the other day, actually, about saddle height. And Magnus, or one of the younger lads, said to me, oh, what's yours? And I was like, don't know. <laughs> and they couldn't believe it. They were all like, what? I was like, oh, I don't know, 78, something like that? Would it be around that? Yeah, probably. Uh, yours, 76, 7, I think. Okay, there we go, 76, 7, so close. But, um, yeah. That's the difference between me and the young lads these days as well. They're all over it, aren't they? All those boys. Yeah, but maybe I think you're more mature and like you know what it should be. You know what it feels like. You know how it how you want it, and that's it. You just leave it like that and just race it. Mm. Let your legs do the talking. It'll be what it'll be. And they're like, if the legs are short, the tongue is long, and they're searching for excuses like, almost. Like the posi- a reason, a reason for the legs not to be as good as they want them to be, mm. and I think that's a thing that comes with age, experience, and you know you just know it's going to come. You know, keep doing what you're doing, and you'll be there. But, Do you have to yeah. be a little bit like a uh, a counselor and a confidant for riders sometimes, Richard? Because there's a lot of stress that riders are around, particularly the big races. And I guess you might sometimes get the brunt of it, and someone doesn't mean to take it out on you, but they're just tired. Yeah, no, you you do when like you get when you get a rider in the car. I've got to be careful with what you say and try not to stir stuff or say the wrong thing at the wrong time. And yeah, like if you get a rider who's they do get annoyed if you've done something wrong, they they're annoyed at you. They've genuinely got a reason to be annoyed at you. But also as a mechanic, you're also me personally. I'm like really annoyed at myself if I made a if I've made the mistake. I'm like probably the worst person ever Um, because I'll just go into my box and I'm just like, I don't want to speak to anyone. I don't want to do it. I'm completely fed up with it. Um, That's quite hard as well, isn't it? Because we mentioned, I don't know if we mentioned yet, but you spend a lot of time away from home. Um, For instance, Australia block, you can be away for a month with, how many staff? Like nine, ten staff? And it's uh, like... It's a it's a weird existence, really. Like you work with these guys, you basically live with them for a month. Like you room with who are you room with, Marco? Marco. Yeah, yeah. So for a month with Marco, yeah. So so he's your Swanee G, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't imagine rooming rooming with him for a month. That won't make me want to change teams straight away. Well, he's sound, isn't he? He's always on his phone to his missus. <laughs> always like watching a film. Like it is hard. I like, we spend more time away from home than we do at home. So it's it's harder for me being. At home for massive spells, like, or feels harder. It's not, but it's different. Like, lockdown for me was, like, it's the longest time I've spent at home in a long, long time, and it's like, this is weird. Yeah. Yeah. 
Do you you got your truck license as well, haven't you? Yeah, I've got full full truck license, class one. So um, that's kind of a a curse as much as anything, though. Yeah, but I like driving lorries. I like driving stuff. Okay, it is like because it basically takes another. Like we fly to a race two days before, a day before sometimes. Wow, you're driving there like. Well, you gotta to go to service course, pack it up. Yeah. Drive there. It's an extra two, three days either side of the race as well, no? Yeah, yeah it depends on where it is. I so, like Algarve, Portugal's like two and a half day drive ish, two thousand four hundred kilometers in the truck at ninety uh, k an hour. It's a long That's way. A perfect time to listen to some podcasts, mate. It probably is, yeah. What about um? Because G obviously gets to um eat delicious chef prepared food. Um, at races, Richard, what happens with the mechanics? Do you get the same food but what's left over? Do you have to go and source your own food? So we do get the leftover rider food from the chef if it's leftover and the riders have all finished eating. You don't get first picks on that, do you? No, no, like, you have to finish and you have to be like clear even after table. us, Even after us, like, okay, he's not here anymore, but Tim, Dave B, yeah. be in there, Tim, then there'd maybe be a DS or two. You're like the, I the don't bottom. want to say scavengers. But <laughs> oh, yeah, we are the vultures of the, uh, <laughs> yeah. of the team. The proper scraps, isn't it? But that's if if you've got the kitchen truck there, we don't even go in the kitchen truck. Mm. So, like, the riders eat in the kitchen truck, so we don't even see the food. So if we're in, normally, France, we get some nice raw chicken and some <laughs> raw pasta or raw rice, that's like bullets, um, every night for a week. It's like pretty good. Where's the best country? I think I know the answer, but as a mechanic eating hotel food all the time, where's the best country? England. You get burgers. England. Come on. <laughs> That's like it's roast dinners every night. And when I did Tour of Britain back in the day, oh it's just like oh it's no, it's great, but then by the time you're having your fourth roast dinner, you're like Phew. ready for your fifth. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're gonna say Italy, aren't you, for pasta and stuff? And it's got to be on on a yeah. On a, although Spain does a some nice little ham oh. on. Oh, they've done some nice meals. It it honestly all depends on the hotel, and mm. I find the bigger the hotel, the worse the food is because it's like they get given a budget from the race organizer, and it's like a euro per head or something. So the big hotels tend to go like, oh, we've got a euro per person. So what we're gonna do is spend twenty cents of that on the food and the rest is for us whereas the little hotels tend to go oh, i've got a euro so we'll spend a euro and they don't try and it feels like they don't try and profit and you get nicer food normally at the smaller family-owned hotels mm-hmm. like especially in italy and stuff like france everyone jokes like harry nice is normally the worst race food out mm-hmm. and it's always you know same hotels and they've just got it's basically cooked for the riders, but the riders don't eat it anymore because you've got kitchen trucks and stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah, chicken or you get fish and there'll be rice and there'll be pasta and there'll be some mange too. And that's be about it. It's like, lovely. <laughs> Do you go out though? You go out to like local? No. No? Not like in European races, no. Even like fast food though, as in McDonald's? Oh yeah, if we miss, if we miss like the, um, like the hotel Soggy food. Pasta. Yeah. Now, like, if you come back to, sometimes you come back to a race hotel and it's like, oh, yeah, sorry, the uh, restaurant shut half an hour ago. It's like, perfect. Where's the nearest McDonald's? Like, what, what is there about? Or you just go, oh, it's half ten at night. I'm not eating tonight. Like, tour 
first tour I did was through his first win. What was that? Uh, was that 13. 13 was my first one. I think I had two evening meals in the whole tour. The rest was like either I didn't eat or just went for McDonald's. Oh. Right. What about booze? Are you the Is the mechanic's truck the secret stash of beer? No. Really? There's no booze in our truck. Definitely. He's, he's, he's lying there, I reckon. You I can, can tell. Yeah. There's no bit booze in our truck. Chocolate? In the carer section, yeah. Huh. There's always a stash of something in there. It's Haribo mainly. Are you a chocolate or Haribo type of guy? Probably Haribo, yeah. Hmm. I reckon. Tom? Chocolate. Yeah, me too, I think. I mean, Haribo's Yorkshire, so I've got to say Haribo. Haribo's Yorkshire? Yeah. I thought it was like Scandinavian or something. <laughs> Factories in uh, Pontefract. Is Haribo from the UK? No, uh, oh, I'm going to... Isn't it German? Yeah, I think it is German, but the factory is at Ponty. Definitely the licorice is anyway. I'm going to do some factory research now. So when G gives you his bike after a race, Richard, what state is it in? Is G's bike better, worse or the same as other riders? If they've done the same race, it's the same bike. Right? Assuming no one's laid it on the floor and ridden over it, it's the same... It's exact, everyone's exactly the same. Like, um, yeah, they've all done the same ride. Training bikes are a different story. Like, yeah, you know. yeah. My home bike is uh, it can be. It's bad. perfect actually now. It's great now. Yeah, yeah so I got wasn't. a brand new one because it cracked. But but the what the, the broken one was all right, wasn't it? Yeah, it was clean actually. Yeah, it was nice. I looked it after good. it. Yeah. yeah, I rode that three days in a row in the rain in Cardiff. Yeah. I Did thought I'd better stay on top of it because you know. I'm professional. I mean, British guys are the worst for the bikes, for the home bikes. But riding a bike in England in winter, they're going to be destroyed. Like, I'm surprised to get through a winter, to be fair. To be honest, most of us don't live there anymore, though, do we? True. We don't have that excuse. But yeah. What's your professional opinion, Richard, on, um, let's say there was a rider in your team who wasn't looking after their chain on their home bike and indeed ran out of oil and decided to use olive oil on the chain instead, what would your reaction be? <laughs> oil is oil, but muck off is better. Oh, there we go. If you, if it's all you got, use it. I have had to use it once. It was just squeaky and I didn't have any, so, you know. That's the best thing. It is oil. Like, oh, it's just filthy, though, to clean afterwards. Yeah. It was, like... But then you don't clean it, so what are you worried about? True, yeah. I just break it somehow and just send it back. Yeah. Didn't you break a frame once, chuck in the boot of your car? Nah, I don't think so. Did I? Yeah, you closed the boot on a brand new bike once. Uh-oh. When was that? Like 2011. Ah. It does sort of ring a bell. But... Froome did two in a week, though. Drove in, into his garage. No. Yeah, one was a payage and then one was his garage. Pretty sure. <laughs> it was two in a week. Sorry, one more question for me. Uh, typical Grand Tour, then. What time you get up, start work, and when do you go to bed? Right, so we always get up about two and a half to three hours before you leave on the bus. So if you leave at nine o'clock, six o'clock we're up. If you leave at six, three o'clock we're up. And then normally three or four hours after we get back to the hotel mm. is finish time. That's providing no one's hit the floor and we're not rebuilding everything completely. Mm. So what do you do in the morning then? Like pump all the tyres, load all the cars, but everything gets amplified at a Grand Tour. So at a normal race, you've got maybe three cars, well, two race cars, a third car doing extra feed, uh, f um, feed zone cars, things like that. 
uh, Grand Tour, you've got the two cars, but then you've probably got five extra feed cars going here, there, and everywhere. You've mm. got more bikes because, like, GC guys get more bikes. So normally you've got race bike, spare one, spare two. Grand Tour, you'll have race bike, spare one and two on the first car, and then another one on the second car as well. You get, like, four bikes straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Just everything multiplies. Well, Richard, it's been great having you on the GTCC. Thanks for all your insights. And next time I watch a rider go down with a puncher, um, all my sympathy will be with the mechanic and not the rider. (laughs) Yeah, cheers, mate. Thanks for coming. No worries. Cheers, Buck. Thank you very much. Gee, I am delighted to announce that we have got Momentous back on board as a sponsor for Series 3 of the GTCC. Momentous, a little bit like UG, are dedicated to optimising both the mind and body and they're leading the way for high performance seekers at all levels. Right, so for those not familiar with Momentous, gee, tell us all about their flagship product. Yeah, so PR lotion is something I've used on my body for years, Tom. It basically delivers bicarb directly to your muscles via your skin and bypasses the gut, which I don't know if you've ever drunk bicarb, Tom, but that's a big plus. The best time to use it, I find, is an hour and a half before your workout on Zwift or out on the road or whatever you're doing. And it's not too sticky either. It doesn't get stuck in your hairs if you've forgotten to shave. And it definitely helps me train harder. All of this is true, G. It is actually scientifically proven to improve performance and decrease muscle soreness and helps you make all those training goals. If you want to get your hands on some PR lotion, Momentus are giving GTCC members, that's you listening right now, yes you, 25% off. Give them the code G. Just head over to PRLotion.com and use the code GTCC2022 to get 25% off today. Enjoy. Tom, Zwift are back for their third season sponsoring the GTCC. Which means our Wednesday 6pm group rides continue. Exactly. Just hop on your trainer, open up the Zwift app and join the group ride. You get to ride alongside us, all our club members and wear the in-game GTCC jersey. And if you're new to Zwift, just go to Zwift.com to start your free trial today. During this season of the pod, we're going to be walking you through all the new stuff we've been trying out on the app. Just think of us as your testing team. So Chairman Tom... What have you been trying this week? Well, G, we've spoken a lot this year about all the new things on Zwift, but one thing that hasn't changed is the community aspect. And that's why we love the Wednesday night GTCC rides, right? Now, Zwift's Tour of Watopia is open for registration now, which will give you the chance to ride alongside thousands of other Zwifters through five stages of group rides. These aren't races, and they'll give Zwifters the choice of a long, medium, short, or women's only route across each stage. So you can find your challenge depending on whether you fancy an easy spin or a tougher workout. There will be double XP too, so you can level up on Zwift twice as fast whilst you level up your fitness at the same time, just in time for summer. So to find out more, to buy your Zwift hub, or to start your 14-day free trial, head over to Zwift.com now. Okay, G, uh, is that time on the podcast for any other business? Um, I know we started this episode talking mainly about food, but we're going to continue talking about food. There is a question for you from Andy Smith, G. He says, any sage advice on simply resisting hunger? Um, I didn't, is sage, is that, is that used in the right context here? I didn't know you could. I just, Wise advice. 
I don't think he means using herbs. Yeah, that's the only way. I've only ever come across sage as a herb. Um, no, not really, mate. I think it's more... What I've found is eat more on the bike when you're burning the energy, then you can eat less off it. Rather than trying to starve yourself on the bike, you get home, you're starving hungry. You might resist eating that day, but the next day you're just going to pig out and you're just going to overeat anyway. So I think little, little and often... Um, always kind of works. Try and snack on some decent stuff, you know, an apple or something rather than a, or a sugar-free cake that tastes like crap because you're not going to eat much of it anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then just fuel fuel your riding. Um, I think that's the way forward, really. I heard a story, which may or may not be true, from an old rider concerning a former DS at Sky, Sean Yates, one of the great riders in the British scene in the in the 80s and 90s wore the yellow jersey at the Tour in 94, I think. This story, G, goes that he would go out and do a long ride and then he would he was in a shared flat. He would get his flatmate to lock him in his bedroom <laughs> without access to f- food uh, and water after a ride. Seemed possible with the Sean Yates that you know? 100%, yeah. I, would, I believe that, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, I've heard stuff about like a grapes and olive oil diet, like basically... What? Yeah, a spoon or two of olive oil and a grape. Well, not a grape. What's the point of that? I've absolutely not, no don't idea. Have it. Yeah. Um, what other things, the stories about Yeatsy? We should get him on. What else was it? Oh, he did a lap of the island in Mallorca in a wetsuit or something. There's another <laughs> old wife's what, tale. What, he going to have a swim while he was halfway around? I've absolutely no idea, but he, he <laughs> was one hard bloke and there's some crazy stories about him. So I wouldn't put it past him, but... Uh, yeah, and he has, he's, he is a bit, well, he's got a pacemaker and all sorts. So I think uh, I wouldn't do those diets or wear a wetsuit when you're riding. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, if you have worn a wetsuit while cycling uh, your bike, do get in contact with us in all the usual places. We've had someone, G, get in contact on Twitter. Their name is so good for this podcast that I'm slightly worried it's made up. This person is called Fabio Velo. Nice. And Fabio has got in contact after last week's debate about brake setups. You remember that? Oh, and this yeah. is this is some key intel from Fabio Velo, whether he's a real person or totally made up. He or she says, pretty certain the brake setup relates to using your arm to indicate to turn across traffic whilst being able to brake with the rear brake. So this means that in Oz, I'll assume in the UK as well, says Fabio Velo, the rear brake is set up on the left so you can indicate right. Backing this up, G, Keith Carter has said on the Facebook group, to answer Tom and G's question about brake levers the other way around in the UK compared to the rest of Europe, it was decided that cyclists should be able to indicate while turning right, Fabio's on something here, while still keeping their hand on the rear brake because it's the most dangerous manoeuvre when riding on the roads. Whilst fear of over-the-bar moments meant the rear brake was considered to be the primary so UK riders had theirs on the left. That is mind-blowing stuff. Bollocks, load bollocks out. Not, not buying that. <laughs> I, I get, I get when you're riding on the left, turning right is a bit more, but you just slow down to the speed you want before you're doing that. Like, I don't know, like turning left, you still might have to brake. Yeah. But maybe if two people, although it might be Keith and then his alter ego, Fabio Velo. <laughs> so it might just be the one crazy guy, crazy cat just saying all this saying all this I don't know 
Yeah, I don't know, Tom. Jury's out with me on that. I know what you're saying. If you were Italian, would you like to be called Fabio Velo? Wow, yeah. It's just, well, no. That's like being called um, Thomas Bike. Tom Bike. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tom Bike. <laughs> if he is, if he is um, French, he might not be French, so it might work then. You know what I mean, though? Yes. Yeah, I understand, actually. Think about it. I understand exactly what you're saying. Right, Tom. Well, we'll be back next week for a final episode of the season. Yeah, we will, G. But we've also got some very exciting news to finish on. Um, can you do one of your special drum rolls, please, that sounds a little bit like a lawnmower? I like the symbol clash. That yeah, was nice. Yeah. Thanks for working on that. <laughs> So the news is that your other podcast that you do with Luke Rowe, What's Occurring, will be coming under the Crowd Network banner. Now, for listeners to What's Occurring, not a lot will change other possibly than some slightly better audio quality, maybe some scripting, um, that sort of back-end stuff. Yeah, so it's still going to be me and Luke just general chat about races that we've been doing or you know what's going on in the cycling world at that moment in time. Um, but basically, very informal us two just taking the mick out of each other um, and other people. Um, we haven't gotten any trouble yet, so that's got to be a good thing. But just basically having it like we're having a chat down the pub, to be honest, and just um, trying to take people behind the scenes of life on the tour. I guess um, the main, the only thing really is it'll be a bit more structured in that we'll have an episode every week and possibly a few extra episodes around uh, big races like the Giro or the Tour. Well, this sounds like a massive winner. So just to be absolutely clear on this, you'll now be able to get what's occurring on the GTCC podcast feed. So pretty much we're going to be serving you cycling content all year round. So when this series of the GTCC finishes on the 7th of March, what's occurring will take its place from the 14th of March and so on. Constant cycling content all in one place. There's no need to do anything. If you listen to What's Occurring already, you'll now get your weekly episodes on the GTCC feed. And if you don't listen, you fool, give it a go. We know you'll love it. Lovely jubbly. See you next week. See you then. That was the Garrett Thomas Cycling Club. Thanks to Club Secretary Louise Gwilliam, Heads of Music Emma Hickman and Frank Beecher, Head of Social Archie Biltcliffe, and our Honorary President Mike Carr. But most of all, Thanks to you for listening. We'll see you next time. Ciao, ciao. Crowd Network, a place where you belong.